Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, Michael here. Welcome, English learners, to the Level Up English podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic week, and it's great to be chatting with you again. And I'm really excited for today's episode because I'm talking with Mathi Abdui, which is the Cornish name for the the English name Matthew. And he was so kind to join me and you know, give up some of his time today for a chat about the Cornish language. We actually covered a little bit about the history as well, which was a nice surprise. So for those who don't know, I talk about this quite a lot because I'm originally from Cornwall, which is a place, a county in the southwest of Britain, in the southwest of England. I do ask Mathie today whether this is part of England, so we'll come back to that later on in the main episode. But basically, it's a really fascinating area because it's somewhat far from London, so not many tourists will make the time to go there, even though it's definitely worth it. But it also has a very unique culture, a completely separate history from the rest of England. It has even its own language as well. Maybe you've heard of the Welsh language or the Gaelic language. It's a bit similar to these, a Celtic language that in some form existed even before the English language was ever spoken. So it has a long history and it's really fascinating to kind of rediscover my own ancestors past, but also I'm really happy to share it with you guys. I mean, a lot of you maybe don't realise just how diverse uh, the culture is in the British Isles and even how many languages we have. So the reason I asked Matthew to join me today is because he is a fluent Cornish speaker and these are really hard to come by. There are not many people who can speak Cornish these days and certainly no one as a first language too. But Matthew was really kind and he even taught me some phrases too. So I hope you like this episode. I hope you enjoy hearing about some, I suppose it is really kind of English culture, but it's a different side of English culture. It's not what you might see in London. It's something a little bit less talked about. So I hope you enjoy it. If you do have trouble following along with our conversation today, then I would recommend the transcripts. And you can get these transcripts at Level Up English Membership. So if you go to levelupenglish.school and click on the Members button, you can access basically all the subtitles for every episode we've done, including this one. I should say it was completely my fault and I messed up the recording and I didn't manage to get the video for this recording. So I really apologise to Matthew for that and I apologise to you, but hopefully you can still enjoy this on the audio version and get something from it. So thank you for listening and here we go. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Matthew. So thank you for joining me. Maybe you could give a bit of an introduction as to who you are and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, I'm Mathy and I am a journalist who um, has, well, I've been journalising ever since I can remember. Um, but uh, now I do it, through, uh, a lot of it through the medium of Cornish on several services. 
uh, one of them being the uh, Cornish language um, radio service called Radio and Gurnawegba, which is every week, one hour every week, and goes out online and on several uh, local community stations, as well as the monthly and Mies show, which is a TV show online, which is half an hour every month of uh, features and news in Cornish. Excellent. Nice. I'll, I'll be sure to put links to everything you mentioned today in the show notes as well, if mm-hmm. people want to see. But yeah, I, I believe I first came across you. It was, I, I can't remember exactly. It was a YouTube video um, looking into the Cornish language and you appeared in it. I guess it was on the radio show. And I, I just thought it was amazing because it's quite hard to come across people that speak Cornish today. I mean, do you have any idea about how many people speak Cornish in 2022? Um, no, is the short answer. Uh, and no is the long answer. No, no, um, no. The, the I, I really don't know. It, it depends what you mean by speak. Cornish. Um, uh, uh, It's a very tricky thing to answer. Um, There are a lot of people around who speak it, but to what degree do they speak it? So are you talking about people who know a few phrases? Are you talking about people who can hold basic conversation? Are you talking about people who completely live every part of their lives in Cornish? Are you talking about people who can also talk about um, nuclear physics and um, quantum mechanics in Cornish. When you talk about fluency in a language, it's not quite as basic as saying how many people speak a language. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something we cover a lot on the podcast too. It's a good point. To add on to the top of that, whereas uh, the census in uh, the United Kingdom will cover Welsh and English. Um, I'm not sure if it, uh, maybe Irish. Uh, I'm not sure which language is. It does not cover Cornish. So there are no oh, figures okay. uh, to say how many people speak Cornish. Oh, that's a shame. Maybe, maybe that should be changed in the future. The thing is, is that in Wales, you have the Welsh Language Act, there's a, a, um, a language act uh, in Scotland, and there is legislation covering Irish in the six counties of the north of Ireland. So uh, there are reasons why those are in, uh, there's no Cornish Language Act. Okay, I see, I see. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess the listeners might be familiar, or some might be familiar with Cornwall and Cornish, because... I'm originally from Cornwall and I've recently started learning Cornish. I'm very like, you know, basic phrases at the moment, but it's really nice to kind of connect to that, that part of my you know, heritage, I guess, the history. So I'm becoming more interested in it and I'd love to share it to a wider audience. But for those who don't know, maybe we could start with some basic questions like, um, well, where is Cornwall? Very simple one. And how is it different from... English in terms of people or language? That might be a bit of a harder question. Well, let's go for the easy ones first. Where is Cornwall? It's next to England. (laughs) So so it's not England? Would you say it's Um, not England? It's, uh, it's, well, put it this way. De facto, it is administered by um, the English system. 
So de facto, it has been taken under the auspices of England. However, legally speaking, it is not part of England. And there are a few ways you can easily show that there is a legal difference here. For example, that the two very simple legal points to point out are, okay, so if in England, you die without making a will, where does, uh, where does your money go? You tell me. Um, I, I don't actually know. I, I suppose it would go to your children. No, I don't, I don't know. No, if you don't make a will in England, <laughs> it goes to the crown. Okay, okay. I didn't okay. know that. Mm. No. In Cornwall, it goes to the Duke of Cornwall. Ah, okay. Um, and also, um, in England, if there's the foreshore, uh, uh, which means that if something is wrecked or sort of rescued off the, the beach, um, if it's between, uh, I think, the high tide and the low tide mark in England, it is the property of the Crown. In okay. Cornwall, it's the property of the Duke of Cornwall. Oh, okay, interesting, um, interesting. So, so there are some differences there. So there are legal differences, and they all come from a long way back. My history is not brilliant, so I can't go quoting too much, but it, it goes way back to when the Crown took jurisdiction over um, what was left of Dumnonia, when the, the Normans took control of this country and, you know, all... <laughs> You know, they sort of, you know, went across the country saying, we own this, we own this, you know, put our stamp on it. They made sure that what was previously the, the king of Cornwall was now the Duke of Cornwall. And that Duke of Cornwall became eventually the first son of the ruling monarch of England. OK, so essentially he got he got kind of demoted in, in some sense. But yes, yeah. I I guess to, to really simplify things like Cornwall, Wales, uh, Scotland, these are like the Celtic regions of, of the country, right? Yes. Whereas England is more the Ang Anglo-Saxon area where, well, where I mean, they came over. If, and you, if you go back to the, the history of it, before the Romans came to the British Isles, all of Britain spoke what was called a P-Celtic language, Brythonic. So related to like Gaulish on the continent. So even Pictish, they reckon was P-Celtic. Uh, that's different from Q-Celtic, which is what is spoken in Ireland, Goidelic as it's called. And you can tell difference between the two for, from some simple words, such as in Ireland, if you, you know, son of Donald, Mac Donald, and in Scotland, Mac Donald, son of Donald. The word, same word, son, Mac, in British language, Brythonic language, or P-Celtic language, is map, map, map. So it's the P sound okay. rather than the Q sound. So that's why you get Q-Celtic and P-Celtic. The P-Celtic languages are Cornish, Welsh, and Breton. The Q-Celtic languages are Irish, Manx, and Scottish Gaelic. So you've got six okay. Celtic oh, so, languages, yeah. and they they are all clearly related to each other, but not mutually intelligible. Someone speaking Cornish 
will not readily understand someone speaking Irish, Scottish or Manx. However, someone speaking Cornish will readily be able to understand quite a bit of Breton and a reasonable amount of Welsh and vice versa. The reason being is that both Welsh and Cornish are the remains of that Brythonic language spoken before the Romans came to the British Isles. And what happened was, is that when the Romans came, they took over up to Hadrian's Wall and then the Antonine Wall. However, um, they didn't really go very much further west than Exeter. But at the same time, they never replaced the language in this country with Latin. The people still spoke the British language. They probably spoke Latin as well. But when the, 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 the Romans, uh, the Roman Empire collapsed in 410, uh, they probably went back to speaking British. You know, they've all gone, let's speak British, you know, our, our, our language. And that continued um, until the Saxons decided to take advantage of the void of power. So, um, well, not just the Saxons, the Angles and the Jutes. So what happened then was they sort of started making incursions into places like Kent. And that sort of started around, they reckon around sort of 475, 480 AD. So it was a little bit of uh, peace and quiet for the, the Britons of this country after the Romans left and they didn't really leave in one go they sort of it sort of petered out over some decades and then uh, and then there's this push over the next few hundred years so by the year 700 you've got the the saxon civilization um pushing into somerset that area mm -hmm. So that so more, cut more west, yeah. the the southwest British speakers of from the Welsh British speakers and the northern British speakers of the um of places like Strathclyde, Cumbria up there. So um, you've got different versions of British emerging at that point. Um, and eventually, okay. the, the Southwest British became Cornish. And also, a lot of the British speakers in the Southwest didn't like the way things looked with the, the Saxons pushing down. And they decided, well, we know that there's some people speaking um, Gaulish still on the continent over in Brittany, Armorica at the time. Uh, you know, perhaps not a lot of it left, but they knew there was a historical connection and they all decided to go across the sea and set up what is now Brittany. That's the reason why the language in Brittany is so similar to Cornish, because it is the daughter language of Cornish. Mm, OK, I didn't know that part. OK, that's interesting. I, I learned a lot from that. I feel like I know bits and pieces, but you kind of pieced everything together yeah. for me quite nicely. There's there. a really good book written so, by yeah. uh, Bernard Deacon called Cornwall's First Golden Age, which is worth reading. And it tells the story of what's called the Dark Ages, uh, period of Cornwall and Brittany, and shows how actually at, at that time you can treat Cornwall and Brittany as one nation separated by a strait of water. 
because the families were the same, the language was the same, the customs were the same, everything was the same. And if you go there now, you find all the saints are the same. You find, um, I, I went over to an event in 2018, um, a Celtic Congress, and it was very interesting. You know how you go into these language situations where you have these headphones on and they've got translations. Yeah, yeah. So um, the people on the panel were speaking Breton and it was in the Cornwall region, Cornwall, which is the Cornwall region of Brittany. And so they were speaking Breton on the panel and it was being translated in these headphones into English and French. Oh, I don't know much French, actually. And it, the, the channels kept interfering with each other. And I was finding it really difficult to work out what was going on. So I took the headphones off and I started listening to the Breton. And I found I could understand quite a bit. And then I went to another a date, to take, oh, wow. a day trip somewhere. Um, it was this abbey. I can't remember the, the name of it. But they did a tour around in um, English and in Breton. So I took the Breton tour and I could, I, I could get the gist of most of it. Um, oh, that's, so, that's so fascinating. Okay. So, for, for instance, in Cornish, the, the word for Friday, de Gwener, de Gwener. Um, in Brittany, de Joiner. It sounds, it sounds a little bit more French. Yeah, yeah so you've got a different, <laughs> um, uh, it, that's just one of the dialects. Um, and you get the word in Cornish for please, mar plague. And if you look at the Breton, mar plige. Ah, okay. Um, interesting. So, interesting. Um, and then if you go into it, I find it actually a lot easier to read Breton than listen to it. But listening is, is getting easier. And the same with Welsh, okay. actually. Um, I've often gone to the Pan-Celtic um, Festival in Ireland. And I've performed on stage and done music and singing. And I, I frequently, frequently have Welsh speakers come up to me and saying, I understood every word you said. Um, oh, wow. OK. Yeah, I don't know much about that. I went with some friends some years back for a little, I, I did a Cornish immersion weekend in, in North Wales because I wanted to just um, improve my Welsh a bit. So we were staying on the Llyn Peninsula which is a little finger of Wales sticking out um, fairly near to Snowdonia and to Anglesey and Asmon. And um, it's quite a, a, a lot of people speak Welsh there. And we'd gone, there's four of us, and we'd gone into a, a pub in Cricket. And we were sitting there talking Cornish in this pub in Cricket. And you could see all these people, they were looking round and they were like, what's going on here? because they recognized enough of it to realize that it was, you know, they, they thought it was a weird dialect of Welsh. And I went, we went into a shop in somewhere else and I was talking to, uh, you know, my friends and um, this, the shopkeeper came over and said, I can't help noticing. I, I can understand quite a bit of what you're saying, but I don't recognize which dialect of Welsh you're speaking. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing is, is actually the word Welsh is also uh, for a while they used to label Cornwall as West Wales. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, and the reason why it's Cornwall is because it's Kerno, uh, the, the the walls, the Welsh of Kerno. Uh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Kurono is the Cornish word for Cornwall. For the, yeah. Okay, so there yeah, you fascinating. go. Fascinating. History. Yeah, I learned a lot from that too. That's so fascinating. I, I, I think, I mean, obviously going back a little bit, it's just, I've noticed that a lot of, you know, my, my listeners are non-English native speakers. And I think a lot of them are just surprised that there's more than English language in, you know, in the British Isles. I think that's quite surprising for many people. And obviously Cornish is not widely spoken as it, as it once no, was. Like, but it, I, I mean, the thing is, is that if you look back. at the history of, of, I mean, it is surprising that there are other languages existing on the same little island as one of the world's most <laughs> pervasive languages. Exactly. Um, yeah. Most imperial languages. How, how on earth did they survive? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that Cornish was um, the first Celtic language in the British Isles to suffer problems from the encroachment of English. And um, the, the real problems really started when it um, came to the English prayer book. There was a Welsh translation permitted, but no Cornish translation. So that was one of the things which really hit Cornish language. So up to that point, people were, you know, most services in Cornwall were done through Latin and Cornish. So you'd have the prayers and you'd have had um, all those official bits done in Latin and then the sermon would be preached in Cornish. So once there was no prayer book or Bible permitted, people thought, well, maybe we ought to start, you know, it, it, it sort of started eroding it really. And you can see yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, as more, you know, the, the, the language pushed further down as time came, then industrialization came, and then the railways came. And by the uh, middle of the 1700s, Cornish was more or less, but not exclusively, confined to West Penwith and the Lizard Peninsula. There were probably little pockets of it other places as well. So, um, and by you know, the 1800s, um, Cornish um, was still found in places. And I've got a, a book which gives some evidence that up to about um, 1906, 1910, Cornish was still. And then by that time, the revival had started. Oh, okay. The big challenge so was... Maybe the, they overlap. Maybe. Yes, there was an overlap. But the big challenge was a lot of the people who took part in the early revival they were quite academic and they didn't really do enough in going out into the communities the small out-of-the-way farms and places and trying to record as much of the language there so i think there's a lot lost at that point hmm. okay i see yeah at, i mean if you look at the manx yeah. revival and the way that manx was rescued um Back in the uh, pre-Second World War, the Irish government sent the latest mobile recording devices in a big van over to the Isle of Man to go around and record the Manx language. Nothing like that happened in Cornwall. Because I, I reckon, I mean, okay, the thing okay. is, is that and, and language doesn't die suddenly, it peters out. So Cornish didn't die, it just faded and sort of segued with the revival. But I reckon there was probably a lot of Cornish 
that could have been rescued as well, which was lost between the two world wars. Because I reckon there's some parts of Cornwall which were speaking such a strong dialect that we probably had about 50% of it was in Cornish. Um, and you mm, still find okay, okay. a few little bits that aren't recorded properly. I, I came across um, a family which, um, when, there, when there was a picture of Wonky on the wall, they didn't say it was Wonky or Skew Whiff or anything you'd find in sort of standard English. They would say it's, um, it's Kai Kiski. And that's not recorded in any dialect book or in Cornish language dictionaries. Kai Kiski. And then oh, I, I mentioned it to someone else recently. She said, yeah, I know that term as well. And now I mentioned to someone, yeah, I know that term as well, Kaikiski. I put that across to Dr. Ken George, who's, you know, who's compiled some dictionaries. He hasn't been able to work out where it comes from. I reckon it comes from that there's a word in Cornish, which is Keski, which is a little telling off, you know, telling off, Keski. And I reckon Kekeski is a little admonishment. So you're giving it a little telling off on the wall when it's wonky. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I like there that. are lots of different I... things like that. I mean, you still get bits yeah. of Cornish used in dialect. I went and had my computer hoovered out for having so much gunk in it. And um, yeah, I, I, when I went and picked it up, the engineer said to me, hey, boy, your PC was bloody caggled. Caggled. There you go. Caggled. Caggle. Caggler is the word for um, something to be covered in animal excrement. <laughs> what, what, why do you need you a word for that? shit in your computer. <laughs> it was shit. <laughs> Such a poetic way of saying it. I, 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 guess it, I guess it's worth pointing out, if anyone's not sure, like, I mean, I'm sure you agree. I always recommend people visit Cornwall because people so often will just stick around London and the cities. But I think Cornwall does get neglected from you know overseas tourists. But I think it should be pointed out that you know they don't need to know Cornish to come here. Of course. Um, having having said that, we we've already covered a few like words throughout the conversation, but maybe we could cover a few more like basic phrases. So would you be happy to share a few phrases? It could be like basic greetings or maybe mm -hmm. your favorite word or something mm -hmm. like that. So what, what level of Cornish are you currently at? I'm, I'm using the Memrise score. So if you've heard of Memrise. Right. Okay. So, um, so, so let, let, okay. I, let, I know like numbers, I know greetings. Okay. So, so, so let's, let's try one out. So, so Fatalaganes. So I, I've asked how Fatal are you? So I've asked how are you? Fatal again. Uh, Do you know what I could say what could I say? Per 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 drog. Per, oh, per drog, very right? bad. Oh, sorry to hear that. Very bad. That's that's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Or so how do I say good? So the general um, answer. Per da, per da. Per da, per da. That's very good. So very good. Per da. Per da. So the word da is good. And there's a mutation as it's called where the D changes to the, a voiced D, after the her, which is very, per that. But the, mm -hmm. the, the usual that. answer to fatalaganes is in point da miras. In point da in, miras. In point da yeah. in, miras. In, so... in good health. 
Thank you. Thank you. Endpoint there, Miraz. Okay. Or you could put endpoint drog <laughs> in bad health. Very not not good. Yeah. Yeah. Endpoint um, drog. Lots of lots of people answer it. You get it. Everyone seems to be tired all the time. They say squeeth of. I'm tired. <laughs> ah, sque- squeeth of. Yeah. Of is I am. So if I was going to say there's these, what name is there to you? Or some people say, Pithu, what is your name? Pu is who. Oz is are you. Ta is an emphatic you. Puosta. And I would say, Mathi of V. Mathi of V. Of I am V emphatic me. Mathi of V. So if I. Puosta. 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 Uh, Michael Ovi, Michael Ovi. So uh, that's the sort of the basics. Susan said that and Fatal again, as we've done that. You could say, what do you want to do? Pandravinta the will. Pandravinta the will. Pandravinta the will. Pan- so Pandravinta the, the will. will. What do you want to its doing, basically? What mm, one I learned before was like Pandra Vinta Ava. Pan, what do yeah, you want to what drink? What do you want to drink? Yeah, Pandra Vinta Ava. Pandra Vinta Dibri. What do you want to di- eat? Me Ovin Dibri Tezen. I want to I eat. I want to eat cake. Cake. That's it. And, and then yes. there's the other useful nice. phrase, which is <laughs> Da Ugenev Dibri Tezen. Da, good da, it is, you... Genev, with me. Good it is with me, Dibri, eating Tezen cake. Da, you, Genev, Dibri, Tezen. And then you say, Taz, you, Genev, Dibri, Pisk. I hate eating fish. Uh, I hate eating fish, yeah. Taz, you, Genev. It, it's amazing when you see it. Yeah, it's just so different to English. I think that's what people will be well, getting from I, this. I think, you know, uh, maybe rather. I mean, the thing is, is that the, 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 mm. yes, the the word order, the grammatic, that the grammar of it is is very. I mean, that's that's the thing with with any language. Uh, when you learn, um, you take on a new language as part of yourself. The grammar of that language changes the way you think. And um, yeah, yeah. And also, you. I'm trying to learn Munster dialect of Irish at the moment as well. Um, and um, you you notice this even more with Irish. The idiomatic differences of Irish are actually stunning. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the, it. The way they yeah. think about things. It's completely different order. And, but... but um, uh, but you can relate it back to the, as it's a Celtic language, relate it back to the Cornish as well. I see more of Cornish in the Irish now that I'm learning the Irish than I ever did before. Um, and oh, and that's, that's really yeah. interesting because you can, you can work out actually what is the really old Celtic because it's in both the, the Brythonic and the Goidelic. If it's in both of those, then you can, you can really realise that it's a very old element of the Celtic culture okay I, l- I love how languages reflect culture i think it's fascinating yes i, I want to be mindful of your time but d- do you mind if i ask you one more quick question today yeah well yeah you, you, you can ask me at whatever speed you want to quick question then 
as I said, I recommend people visit Cornwall if they get the chance. If you could recommend one spot within Cornwall to visit uh, for, for, for you know someone who hasn't been there before, where would you recommend them to go? Okay, I would uh, recommend you go between St Ives and St Just on the north coast of Penwith. Okay, and you make a point of visiting Zenor. Go into the church. Look at the plaque before you go into the door of the church. John Davy, eighteen ninety one, one of the last recorded people with a, a good knowledge of traditional Cornish. Go to the little um, parish of Tuedmuk which was one of the last places to speak traditional Cornish as a community language before the revival. Go along the coast there, um, and because that's where I've um, set my book, which you can buy, which is called Like a Buried City. Yes, please, shout it out. Like a Buried City. It's on Amazon, and it's a novel I've written based in that area in the 1700s and the modern day which gives you a very strong feeling of what it was to be in the um, that community as the language faded. So fascinating. Amazing. I, I will have to go back to St. Ives. It's, it's beautiful, but also now I know it's got some amazing history there as well. So yeah, fantastic. Thank you for sharing. I'll have to do that myself. Welcome. Apart from your book, would you like to share anywhere else you'd like the listeners to come and find out more about you? Any well, like you social media or anything an like that? Radio.com, A-N-R-A-D-Y-O.com. That is the platform where you can access the radio show and the TV show. Okay, fantastic. Nice. So I'll be sure to put all these links of everything we mentioned, including your book in the, in the show notes, if people want to find out more. But I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I've learned a lot and I'm sure the listeners have as well. So thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah. Welcome, Oz. You're welcome. Ah, that's a new one for me. <laughs> um, how do I say thank you? I, I, don't, I can't remember uh, that. Merazlis. Mi- Meraz. Merazlis. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.